Praise the Lord. Mike is on. Pardon? My phone is not with me. Thank you, young lady. <laughs> Last week, two weeks ago, my phone rang. I don't know, one of the times it rang, and I just have decided to leave it in my office. And here we are, 2022. My dad was born 98 years ago, <clears throat> and uh, he passed about nine years ago. And I thought, as I saw that 2022, I thought, well, 2024, he'd have been 100. I thought, wow, how much things have changed since then. In a hundred years, we've seen so many things change. And we don't even recognize them because we haven't been here that long. And I thought, well, well, cover some of that stuff, some of the changes that have taken place. And I've given messages on change before. Uh, when I first came here to this building, serving the congregation that used to meet here, I was told not to change anything. I was warned not to change anything. But you know, calendars change. We have to flip the calendar to get to the new year. Seasons change continually. Not so much in western Pennsylvania. You, you get spring and summer and spring and winter and summer and fall and, you know, it kind of, it's all mixed up now. Yeah. But seasons change. People change. The world changes. Some change is good. We've seen a lot of good changes over the last 100 years, but some change is not. I saw a billboard the other day that had a message like this, the old normal is not returning, Jesus is. And one thing is certain, Christ will return. He's coming back, but not before the things that are predicted take place. There are changes coming. And some of those things will be very significant in all of our lives. We're going to look at changing times and hopefully shed some light on how we affect and how we are affected by change. It's important that we recognize that we can adapt when necessary. In the end, I hope that we can be better prepared to adapt to the changes that are necessary in our work for the Lord. Because after all, that's what really matters in these times that we currently live in. God has entrusted us with this time to draw souls into His kingdom. I want you to open your Bibles to the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. We're going to read the first eight verses. Now, I haven't marked it, so I'm going to have to find it, and that's unfortunate for you all, because you've got to wait for me. That, or I could read it from the screen. Let's do that. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. Unfortunately, we had a friend who has recently died, Christmas Eve, and we had the memorial service yesterday. It was a sad time, and oftentimes death is very sad. A time to plant and a time to harvest what is planted. 
A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I think of David dancing before the Lord. Of course, he didn't have any clothes on. I'm not going there. Not going there. Not going to happen. But David did. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend or tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. I said that to somebody one time and they thought I was referring to them. I, no, no, I'm talking about me. Sometimes I need to learn to keep quiet. You know, people have said that I have the gift of talking and somebody once said I need to learn to wrap that gift. Hopefully today won't be one of those times. <clears throat> and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Did the scripture say there's a time to hate? It does, doesn't it? What are we to hate? We're to hate what God hates. And what does God hate? His word makes it clear. It's not what the sermon's about, but we need to remember these things because there are people in the world that say, God hates nothing. Well, that's not true. They tell us we're not to hate, but there is a time to hate, and there are things to hate. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. May Almighty God be glorified in His word. Amen. You know, around 2000 B.C., about 4,000 years ago or so, the Babylonian New Year began with the first visible crescent of the moon after the vernal equinox. It's the first day of spring, and their party lasted 11 days. Can you imagine that? 11 days they partied for New Year's. Most of the people in the world only party one day or maybe two for New Year's today. But 11 days. The Romans continued to, to, to uh, observe that new year, but they observed it in late March. And their calendar was continually changed by various emperors throughout time, and so the date kept changing, but it became out of sync with the sun. In 153 B.C., the Romans changed the start of the new year to January 1st. This was after they added January and February to their 10-month calendar. Now imagine the change that took place in their society at that time. Can you imagine somebody adding two months to our calendar? It would just throw everybody off, wouldn't it? But it was a change, and it took place. Changes continued until Julius Caesar in 45 or 46 B.C. The early church condemned New Year celebrations, condemned it as paganism. But that changed as the church adopted pagan celebrations. The church wasn't always in sync with partying for the New Year. At different times and in different places throughout medieval Europe, the church changed the New Year celebration to December 25th, March 1st, March 25th, and other dates. It wasn't always January 1. Western nations have celebrated January 1 for about 400 years. So if you were to go back in history beyond 400 years, it would not necessarily have been January 1st when everybody celebrated the coming New Year. That's interesting to me. That's why I put it in there, because it's only been for 400 years. But we take it like it's always been that way. 
New Year traditions have changed, too. Making resolutions dates back to the Babylonians. Losing weight or quitting bad habits or modern resolutions. You know, the Babylonians, what their resolutions were, giving back the farm equipment they borrowed from somebody else. Who's got my shovel? Anybody? I don't know what I did with it. It's probably outside here where we're digging. Using a baby to signify the new year started in Greece around 600 B.C. And that was to celebrate their wine god by parading a baby around in a basket. It represented the rebirth of the spirit of fertility. Early Egyptians also used a baby as a rebirth symbol. The early church condemned this practice, but like other things, the church changed. It allowed it to symbolize the birth of Jesus. Truth sets us free, folks, even if we want to remain bound to things that we've accepted. We must move forward. We can't remain stagnant. And there are a lot of people in the world who say the church is fine just the way that it is. And there are others who say, no, it's not. We need to unify. We need to build strength in the body of Christ, because divided, we fall. Yesterday marked that flipping of the calendar from 2021 to 2022. When I was signing a book this morning, I wrote 2-2-2022. All those twos in a row, I thought, well, there's something to that. No pun intended there. Public and private parties were held all over the world. There was one young man who told me, I was invited to go down to Pittsburgh, and we were going to do this bar crawl. I said, well, that's a bad idea. But he chose not to go. And then he heard the story of three people being shot in a bar down in the south side of Pittsburgh. And I said, praise God, you made the right choice. Yeah, but my friends are mad at me. I wasn't going to drink and all this. I said, it doesn't matter. You didn't need to be there. And you made the right choice. Too often we make the wrong choices because of peer pressure. And I told that young man if those people were true friends, they wouldn't pressure you to do something that's going to take you away from where you need to be or put you into harm's way or potentially in harm's way. And then he told me about an incident right here most of you probably haven't heard of, maybe none of you have heard of, in the little city of Parker, right up the road here, about 10 miles out the road. There was a young man at a party, and he thought it was a good idea to bring a gun. And somebody started hitting on his girlfriend, and he got upset about that, and he pulled that gun out. Fortunately, and by God's providence, he didn't shoot anybody. But that's right here. We're talking about right in our own community. The whole world is changing. And not all of it's for the good. You know, before 1904, Lower Manhattan's Trinity Church was the place to bring in the new year in New York City. Trinity Church? Where the new year was brought in? But then Times Square became the site for the celebration. And this change from Trinity Church wasn't well accepted by some, but it was open-armed accepted by many others, as we know because it continues to this day. The dropping ball began a few years later and signaled the beginning of the new year here in the U.S. ever since. 
like those who've endured changing times in the past, we all must adapt. Some things are easy to adapt to. Now, we either embrace those changes or we reject the changes. But there will be changes in our lives. There will be changes in our circumstances, changes in our situations, changes that maybe we don't want to adapt to or accept. But they will come. Like those who've endured changing times in the past, we're either going to embrace them or we're going to reject them. And there are some changes that we must reject. Think about changing the definition of marriage or human sexuality. We must reject those changes. We don't adapt to those. We don't adopt those. We don't accept that into the church, at least not if we follow Jesus Christ. There are many who have, and I question their loyalty to the one that I follow can't accept those changes. And that's not to say we condemn people who sin. Don't get me wrong. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and by repentance, He turns us back to Himself. Auld Lang Syne is a Scotch tune. It's an old Scotch tune, and it literally means old long ago or the good old days. Imagine there was probably some whiskey involved in that song, Once Upon a Time. It was changed into a popular New Year's song tradition by Guy Lombardo. Who knows when? 1929. Lombardo's version was played from 29 till 1976. It was at the Waldorf Astoria every New Year's Eve. But that changed when Lombardo died in 1977. He was no longer going to play that song. Somebody else might, but he won't. In 1972, Dick Clark started his version of New Year, celebrating from Times Square, and even though he died in 2012, it continues to this day. Someone once said, the only thing constant is change. The word change can cause some people to cringe. I have met people who cringe at the thought of change. I don't like change myself so much, although I've learned to adapt. It's like this plaster coming off the wall. That was a big change. And I cringed when we were doing it. It's like, oh, this is going to upset some people. But it was embraced because it was a positive change. We got rid of the big crack that used to be down in the wall. It used to be hid by the flag that used to stand there. Change can cause dissonance. It can cause uneasiness. It can cause emotional pain. And that's why change is resisted. It challenges us on many levels. We become comfortable doing things the way we've always done them. And Christ's family hasn't been in existence long enough to get comfortable in doing things the way we've always done them. Although sometimes our music team sticks with songs so we can really get them firmed up. We apologize if that offends anybody, but we really want to do everything with excellence unto God. Intellectually, change tests our sense of who we are as it confronts what we hold dear or believe to be true. And emotionally, it opposes our comfort zone. It forces us to stretch beyond limits that we or others have established. I set limits for myself, 
and they got changed. There were some that were good limits. I got married. I was going to stay married all of my life, forever. And this might anger some people, but my wife left me. Not the woman I'm married to for the last 30 years. After 10 years, she thought, time for a change. And she went to another hill, thought the grass was greener over there. What she didn't realize was that the manure over there was just as bad as it was over here. And that's what happens when people break their marriage vows. This is why it's so important for us to embrace marriage. This is why we celebrate with young people who decide that they're going to be married. And when I counsel them, I will give them every opportunity to break free from it. True or false? Amen. Just brought these folks together in, in matrimony. Change always offers us the chance to revisit how we think about things, and it offers us the opportunity to bravely face those changes and growth that comes from them. This is a real challenge. And that challenge is in how we respond to changes. Do we adapt and move forward? Or do we resist and stagnate? As 2022 comes into full view, we are going to face changes, and we're going to need to know, is this one to adapt to, or is this one to resist? We've gone through that in the last two years here. There was a change that was happening amongst Christian churches. They were locking their doors and keeping people out. We never did. I'm not bragging. There are people who accuse me of bragging and pridefulness. No. We kept the doors open so that people who wanted to could come into this building and worship Almighty God. And we applaud that Almighty God kept everybody safe during that time. There are other changes. As we experience those changing times, we'd be wise to heed the Scripture that we read today. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. This isn't to say that we accept changes that are evil, no. That's not at all the, the case. Instead, we're to respond to darkness with light. And that's what we've done here in Christ's family over the last two years. We're coming, I believe, into our third year now. We have responded to darkness with light, and that's all that we're called to do by Christ. We are to be like a city set on a hill. We are to shine that light. We're not to hide it under a basket. We don't accept those changes that are evil. If someone tells us not to do something that God says to do, we are to do it. If God says to do it, we are to do it. If somebody tells us to do something that God says not to do, we are not to do it. That's the whole book in a nutshell, folks. And there are many examples in there. I'm not promoting the book. I just use it as an example because that's what's in there. God's Word makes it clear. When He says to do something, we are to do it, no matter how somebody else wants to change it. And if God's Word says not to do something, regardless of how somebody wants to change it, we are not to do it. That's the facts of Scripture. The time we live in is no different than a hundred years ago. 
there was a menace to the world named Adolf, who was rising to power. In the 1920s, he began his career of tyranny during prosperous times in a land that was full of educated people. Many called themselves Christians, but few did anything to stop this man. He was charismatic, and yet he was anti-Christ. He was anti-Christ, though he did say he was a Christian. And he rose to power. In the end, millions were murdered, and many more were sacrificed in war. They gave their lives defending what they believed to be true. And that Antichrist was not the Antichrist that's written of in Scripture. No. He wasn't that Antichrist of Revelation. He was merely one of many who rose to power since Christ walked the earth. But that one that's written of is coming. And we need to beware. We need to be aware when we watch the signs that are being fulfilled, that are proclaimed in Scripture, because those changes are coming very rapidly. And just as rapidly as we saw the changes come over the last two years, we very well may see more that are coming in 2022. And you need to be prepared for that. This isn't a downer message, folks. You have Christ in you. And with Christ in you, with Christ in you, you can do all things. That one that's written of is coming. And the change that he brings will test everyone beyond anything we've ever experienced. But reading and studying God's Word can prepare us for that time. There are some people that I'm acquainted with who are reading through the Bible over and over and over because they're concerned that they may not have it at some point in time, and they want to have it in their heart. As the Lord provides the time, pick it up in 2022. Read it. If there's something you don't understand, ask God to open it up to you. If you still don't understand it, move on and read it again another time. That phrase, to everything there is a season, indicates that things have a duration, and they terminate. That season is a period, and a time to every purpose carries with it several ideas. In one sense, it means the purpose or reason for things also has a limit or a period of time or a duration, an end or a termination point. A time to every purpose. It carries the idea of eternity also. And passing on or continuing. With the reason for something, when it fails to exist or it ceases to exist, change occurs. Or at least it should. Almighty God providentially appoints times. And He appoints seasons. And it's for all things, without regard to our human whims and wishes, our desires. If we ignore this reality, we sin against the author of creation. And I have, in my life, sinned against the author of creation. I am a sinner. I'm saved by God's grace. I've been taken out of that lifestyle of sin, living as a sinner, and brought into Repentance, turning to Him. When we resist God, we bring 
duress and distress upon ourselves. Who of us can make ourselves live changeless lives? One look in the mirror will tell you you can't. We change, folks. Not one of us. Permanence in this life is an illusion. Every time I look in the mirror, these lyrics were written by Steven Tyler, all these lines on my face getting clearer. The past is gone, and it went by like dusk to dawn. I look in the mirror and I say, oh man, I'm getting old. And that song came to mind as I was preparing the notes for this message. So I looked it up so I make sure I get the lyrics right. The, the band was Aerosmith, if you're interested. The mirror shows us changes in our own bodies, and we have to adapt to those changes. Some people adapt with surgery, and some with makeup, and some with other things. Can we hold on to some things as being changeless? or are there, Is there anything we can hold on to as changeless? Well, absolutely. In fact, regarding eternity, it's written that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They are unchangeable. The gifts of God are unchangeable. Imagine that. That's a promise. God says so. Is all change necessarily bad or evil? No. Think about what's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. See, we're going to be changed from these mortal bodies. We're going to be changed from these fleshly existence that we live right now. We're going to have a heavenly existence. We're going to have something far beyond anything we can imagine. We're going to be changed. That's what the Scripture says. And so I ask, is maintaining the status quo or living in a vacuum a good thing? No. Especially in the church, because the body of Christ is an active, living kingdom where Christ reigns supreme. And the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. When you get that, when you really get it, it doesn't matter what the world brings. Because the kingdom is within you. We see change today just as others all through history have. In 1952, a man named Pete Seeger turned that Ecclesiastes pastor, uh, passage that we read, he turned it into a song. 1952, before my time. It's been recorded by several artists, but the most popular was done in 65. I remember that one. I remember when it came out. It was a group called The Birds, and they named the song Turn, Turn, Turn. Some of you might remember it. That song reached untold numbers of people who might not ever have listened to that Scripture or read that Scripture before. But they got to hear it because he turned it into a song. And it wasn't a church song. It was a secular song. God allowed that, but there were those who thought it was blasphemous to say to make a song like this out of Scripture and put it out there to the public. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it to me. I could be wrong. I always accept the fact that I could be. 
Do you know that believers only sang psalms in the early church? Without musical accompaniment. <gasps> the musicians here don't like to hear that, right? Everything was a cappella. But that changed when the organ and the piano came into the church. Do you know some people left? Because those were worldly instruments. How dare you bring those into the church? Now people embrace the piano and the organ. Many rejected the hymns that have become loved and adored as they were written because they were set to bar tunes. Not all of them, but many of them were because people knew the music. This is why we will mix things up sometimes, like when we do Amazing Grace to the House of the Rising Sun. I'm not going to sing it now. I was, but I'm not. Time doesn't permit. You know, when automobiles arrived, some refused to adapt, and they continued using horses and buggies and carts and things. When electricity arrived, some refused to plug in. And those things that we consider safe boundaries, like the electric lights, for example, people would have called witchcraft before there was electricity. Some in the church refused to accept those changing times. To this day, they maintain practices from times go by. Think of the Quakers and the Mennonites and the Amish. Not putting them down, not dissing them, just using them as an example. Think of the empty church buildings today and the closed church buildings. There are many. I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh, and I watched church buildings being closed, and to me it was appalling. I couldn't understand what could possibly happen. Why would these buildings no longer be used to the glory of God? Why were people not worshiping in them? Because it became an I-me culture. If I didn't get my way, I'm not going to stay there. After all, it's about me. And so many became so self-centric that they refused, I can't stand when those kids are carrying on in the service. I can't pay attention. And I've heard these things. I'm not just making it up. We let the children stay because we want them to grow up in this congregation so that this one day will be their congregation. The Lord said, let the little children come unto me. And I know I'm beating that drum again. I've, I've beat it a few times before, but... I think it's important that we understand why we do it. It's a change. For some people, it's an unacceptable change. The children would be in the congregation. After all, we've got to have them somewhere else in children's church. That's not what the Word of God shows, and at some point in 2022, we will look at what the Word of God says about that. Some changes are difficult to embrace, and as we move forward, we need to reflect upon changing times. Not all change is negative or bad, as I've said. Some change brings blessing and goodness. Think about changes in textiles. Think about changes in agriculture, changes in transportation. They brought positive results all over the world. Changes in the church have brought music that glorifies God even though it's not the style that used to be in the church. How far back do you want to go? 
Do you want to go all the way back to the beginning? Do you want to go a hundred years ago? See, because regardless of where you go, you're going to find change that occurred. We haven't been criticized here lately for the music, but there are those who say you can't do what you're doing because it's wrong. We shouldn't have drums in the sanctuary. I've heard people tell me that. Drums are of the devil. I've heard that too. I want us to recall that Scripture teaches that God and His Christ do not change, okay? That's absolute. And yet, God orders the seasons of things. Let's also recall that rejecting all change as negative or bad would hurt us, and it would be sin against God. If He orders the seasons of things, if He allows things to change, to resist all change as wicked or evil or wrong or bad, would be to sin against God. Let's remember that we need to be faithful stewards of all that's been entrusted to us in the faith. That's found here. It's not found in somebody else's book, not even mine. My book is not the faith. The faith is found here in the Word of God. And we need to embrace that, not shun it because it doesn't agree with our human doctrines. There are so many human doctrines now that are causing division in the body to a point where the church can no longer come together. And that is a true shame. <coughs> we can remain faithful stewards of those things that have been entrusted to us, but Let's not turn our backs on change. Let's embrace the positive change that comes with the passing of time. Let's resolve to pray and read God's Word. Let's remember to fast from time to time. God's Word makes it clear that that's an important spiritual practice. Let's resolve to do what God's Word calls for us to do. Remember, many in established religion at the time of Christ rejected His message of change. Let's not be blinded by our love of traditions and our ways, whatever they are. And you all come from different backgrounds. Two years ago, there's probably a dozen people in this room that were in this room two years ago. Maybe a dozen. So I don't know your backgrounds. I don't know where you come from. And if you hear me preaching something that hits you hard, remember it's not me. It's God speaking to you through me. I ask Him to use me to His glory. I ask Him to give me unction to speak. I ask Him to help me as I prepare messages. I ask Him to give me the time to prepare messages. That was one of the stressors on me this week. I had an idea for a message, but I didn't get the time to develop it but I was able to develop this message. Let's open ourselves to all the fullness that our Lord brings this year. Let's embrace His gifts and His enhancements to our lives, because they are enhancements. Sometimes He's got to move us out of our comfort zone. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit who is sent as the comforter. But if we are so comfortable that we no longer need a comforter, where are we? It's not a good place. 
It's written in James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne. Let's move forward with Christ in 2022. And let's embrace the positive changes and be strengthened in the power of His might to resist all those things that go against Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord, for aiding me in developing this message. Though somewhat very different from messages you usually give me, I thank you, Father. Help us to move forward with Christ in us in these changing times. Keep us, Lord, from idolatry. Root your word in our hearts. Remind us daily to pick up your word. Remind us, Lord, when it's time for us to fast and pray. Keep us ever mindful of just speaking with you. Guide us, Father, we pray, that we would recognize there is a season for everything and a time for every purpose under heaven. And let us not forget that you loved the world so much that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you for that gift of Christ. We thank you for his sacrifice. We ask, Lord, that you would guide us, as you have many others before us, into leading people to the cross for their redemption. That we would draw people out of darkness and into light, we trust by your grace is possible. We pray this all in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.